Gentlemen, to episode number 44 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. We have a brand new champion in the NASCAR Cup Series. He goes by the name Kyle Larson. We will look back on Kyle Larson's championship run. Also, touch on David's doubleheader weekend as he was a part of the Xfinity and Cup Series finales. We'll break that all down coming up in just a little while from right now. But before we do, let's go ahead and tell you about our friends at Whataburger. This show is always presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David? You put a lot of miles on this weekend, back-to-back races, and you had a front-row seat for Kyle Larson taking home the championship as well as Daniel Hemrick getting it done on the Xfinity side. Tell us about your weekend, man. Man, what a what a weekend. Dominic was there, so he he can uh, echo everything I'm saying, man. What a great weekend. The the, the that, man, there was so much, there was some excitement in the air. I mean, unbelievable, the energy that was there at Phoenix International Raceway. I mean, starting Friday night with that NASCAR Camp World Series truck race, man, that was amazing. You know what I mean? And uh, I was cheering for my buddy, Matt Crafton, and he wasn't able to get it done. And I really, you know, man, you know, John Hunter, we thought John Hunter was going to win the championship driving for Kyle Busch, but Man, it just, uh, man, that was exciting. Came down to the last, I don't know, four or five laps to go. But, man, the whole weekend was incredible. I mean, the truck race was awesome. The NASCAR Xfinity Series, I mean, golly, when I when I saw the finish, I'm like, wow, that, it couldn't have been scripted any better, you know. And, uh, and then, man, watching, seeing what, you know, what took place Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening there in Phoenix, Kyle Larson being our – our NASCAR 2021 champion, incredible man. I, you know, at one point, y'all, when these ghost guys were lapping me, you had I, I remember it was Kyle Larson, uh, Denny Hamlin, Truex, and uh, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Those guys were in the top four. I mean, they were first, second, third, and fourth. I mean, and it was just amazing the amount of people. The exciting, how exciting all three series to crown a champion that all three races did not disappoint anyone, whether you were there watching on television. It was unbelievable, man. What an awesome, awesome championship NASCAR weekend. Dominic Argano, the RacingExperts.com is here with us as well. Dominic, you were there. This was one of the best, if not the best championship weekends I can think of. I got to agree with you there, Tyler. I've covered five of these in person in the last four, all for the racingexperts.com. And I have to say this weekend, just the energy, right? I mean, David, you've raced a long time. You know how exciting it was to go to Homestead Miami Speedway and cap off the season there. I felt like this weekend kind of had that same energy, like, like going to Homestead, going that last race of the year, just the energy, the, the fans back. Because last year we didn't have that. We had 8,000 fans at the Cup Series race, over 50,000 for Sunday's race sold out. It was It was really nice to see that. And just capping everything off with three first-time champions in each of the respective three series, and even the Canon West battle coming down to how that did with the tiebreaker, David, just a lot of good racing this week, and it was it was one for the history books. No, no doubt about it. You know, only thing we were missing, uh, 
Dominic was uh, our buddy Tyler wasn't oh, with us. You know yeah. what I mean? That was the only thing. I mean, what a what the racing was great. People, fans everywhere. And I was looking around the corner. I went in the bathroom one time. I was went in the media center, and I, I didn't. I couldn't find Tyler. Did, did you know where he was at on there? Did you Did you see him anywhere? Yeah, I looked around the media center. Just couldn't find him. I mean, there's a guy that covered two of the playoff races. You think he'd surely be at the Phoenix race, but next year we'll, we'll be there next year, huh, Tyler? Oh yeah, man. I wish I would have been there, but uh, somebody had to host the post race show. You know, on a uh, on local news live, uh, we did post-race coverage. And that was a lot of fun to uh, bring that to the folks of, uh, you know, hearing from Kyle Larson directly and such, but nonetheless, uh, David, let's start with you. And then we'll dive into how the championship played out. Uh, you were involved in the Xfinity and the cup race and <laughs> the cup race in particular, you brought out the last caution uh, with a little mechanical failure and about, Half of NASCAR fans love you right now. About half hate you right now, based on what I've seen on Twitter uh, with, with how things have played out, uh, of you having kind of a, uh, a main character role of sorts in uh, the way that cup race finished. Tell me about what exactly went down. And, and uh, it, do you have any message for the Kyle Larson fans that are happy with you or maybe the Truex and Hamlin fans that are a little not so happy with you right now? And the, the truth of the matter is, you know, when the, when, when the race started, you know, uh, you know, we, you know, ourself, uh, my teammate, Timmy Hill, our MBM motorsports team. I mean, we were running our own little race back there racing with the cars we race with. And man, we, we, I can assure you that we've had uh, plenty of conversations when the leaders were coming, when, the, when your, when your sponsor, your spotter was telling you the leaders are coming 20 car back. You know, he tells you, hey, there are 20 cars back. Uh, man, we, we didn't want to get in, in the – we didn't want to be in the way of the leaders, change the race up, do anything. We were we were on top of that. I mean, we always are. You know, you don't want to get in anybody's way. Uh, definitely don't want to get in the championship contender's way. And that was an important thing for our team, myself, our sponsors, everybody involved, you know. And uh, we were having a great race ourselves, and our, our, our car was pretty good. I think at the time when we when our left front brake rotor exploded, I think we were 27th place. You know, so we were racing hard, trying to get in the top 25 without getting in anybody's way, changing up the, uh, you know, the uh, changing up the, uh, uh, you know, just we were just racing hard ourselves, but being very uh, understanding what was happening on the racetrack. And, you know, when my, when my rotor exploded with about 25 laps to go, man, I was so disappointed. Uh, we were fortunate enough that we didn't hit the wall because it happened going into turn three. I mean, that's a, that's a turn where you use a lot of brakes and man, I was just on the brake pedal hard and man, next thing you know, the, the, the rotor exploded. It was it was loud. Uh, there was a big vibration. I saw it come apart. I felt it come apart. And uh, luckily, we did not hit the wall, or we did not hit any other competitor. I don't know if if the rotor coming apart, breaking up, you know, affected anybody else on the racetrack. I don't think it did. Uh, if it did, I had not heard. But man, you know, uh, we you know. Uh, we, we were going for a really good finish, and uh, by, by no, my team, myself, any of us, you know, if, if we could uh, go back and, and to hope that that wouldn't happen, I promise you, 
man, that was uh, we 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 would love to have finished the race because we're having such a great race. And man, I you know it's just it's disappointing that our left front rotor came apart. You know, so uh, very sad. And uh, you know, but it's just the way the race plays out. People's motors uh, blow up. People wreck. Oh, we had a mechanical failure with our left front rotor, and it just happens. But on purpose or with any bad intentions, absolutely not. It's just one of those racing things. Sure. And when something like that happens, Dave, especially like with what happened to you on Sunday, how much notice did you have before that incident did happen? Man, well, I didn't have any notice. You know, I had good brakes. Uh, my brakes were working great. Uh, obviously, we were racing hard and. There at Phoenix, you really apply a lot of brake pressure, use a lot of brakes. You go, you're go, you going in the corner extremely, you know, taking some speed into the corner uh, and you're on the brakes like everybody is. And, uh, you know, I really didn't have really indication that that was going to happen. You know what I mean? I mean, because usually when you have a brake failure, when you have a brake rotor explode like ours explodes, you're going to lose a car, you know what I mean? Because man, especially at these high speed racetracks where there is a lot of braking going on. And, and again, man, when that, when that thing exploded and it came apart, how we did not hit the wall or hit another competitor is, is, is unbelievable. Really. I mean, we got lucky there, you know, and uh, you know, to be, to be the guy that, or the team uh, to bring out a caution. I mean, we, we had no control of that. We would never, uh, you know, we would never, I mean, again, you know, we talked about it, uh, Carl Long, our, our spotter, my team, we had discussions about, hey, when the leaders are coming, you wanted to make sure we gave them plenty of room, you know, and, and I can assure you uh, that brake problem happening was just, uh, was just a mechanical failure that that's out completely 110% out of our control, you know. Well, and, and David, I would add to, I'd be curious what your perspective is on this. You know, some folks are, especially if you're a fan of Truex or Hamlin, are going to say that, that affected the outcome. I'm of the belief that, you know, if that caution doesn't happen, there probably would have been just another caution of some sorts. In the race, guys would have gotten antsy, you know, a wreck or something, or maybe someone else has a mechanical failure. I mean, you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I would bet if that doesn't happen, someone else probably brings out another caution or maybe a debris caution. It's just hard to say that was what made, you know, controlled the outcome. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it, you'd say it, you was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was, just, it was a mechanical failure. You know, right. I didn't hit anything. Uh, right. And I was, you know, I got down when finally when they cleared me, I got down on the apron. So we didn't really affect. Uh, you know, uh, the race could have, could have continued, but you know, when, unfortunately, and, and for most people that know, when you have a brake rotor explode, I mean, it disintegrates, you know, and man, this, you know, it's a inch and a half, two inch piece of uh, metal out there, you know, that's spread all over the racetrack or on the back straightaway where it happened. It was just a safety, uh, issue, you know, and I think NASCAR, probably saw some parts and pieces of the rotor around the racetrack and they didn't have no choice, but to throw a caution to clean up the debris that would, that, that caused from our rotor exploding, you know, but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, most race fans and people know, I mean, we, we got no control over, you know, our engine could have blown up, you know, brake rotor exploding. I mean, that's just something we don't, we have no control of that. You know, I just, you know, when it happened, I was so disappointed and so frustrated because I was having a good race. And, you know, and to end the season on the, you know, uh, we're not a full-time cup team. And, 
you know, we, we, uh, obviously we don't run cup every week. And, uh, so we just over there doing the best we could, uh, racing as hard as we could not, not getting in anybody's way. And, uh, we really thought we we're going to come out of there with the top 25 finish, you know, unfortunately, uh, that mechanical failure brought out a caution with 25 laps to go, but that's just racing, man. That's just a racing thing. And, uh, you know, if I could, you know, magically do something, hell, I, I would have flipped a switch and, 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 you know, and, and hopefully that would have never happened, but that, that hurt us as well. But, you know, I, uh, I hope people understand that, man, we, we had no, uh, no control over that, that happened right. during the race to bring out a caution, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Dominic, uh, David got a little award of some sort. So what, what do you want to call it? You were there. Tell us about it after the Xfinity race. Sure. So Brock Beard, who runs lastcar.info. Brock Beard's a NASCAR story and a NASCAR YouTuber who has a very big following and a big presence on the internet. And he tracks the last place finishers from every one of the top three national touring series. Now, Brock and his website go all the way back to 1949 and they archive, okay, who finished last in the first race of 1940 and so forth, right? All the way through 2021. And just so happened that David had three last place finishes in the year 2021 in the Xfinity series. And that was the most among the Xfinity series competition. So if you're watching the YouTube version right now, you're watching the overlay of the award that Brock had given to Dave on finishing as the last car champion, as he calls it, he signed it and presented David with the award in the Xfinity series garage after his 21st place finish in the Phoenix garage on Saturday. David, uh, I mean, you, you, you had, you know, these same things like we talked about mechanical failures. You didn't, you know, crash out and find yourself in these last place situations, but uh, I got to say you were a good sport about it. You had a nice laugh uh, when, uh, when this happened. Yeah, I mean, it's just some things you can't control, you know. And man, I'm a winner, man, and I can assure you, I gotta hide sometimes when we at the racetrack because we do have mechanical failures, and we've had our fair share this year with MBM Motorsports. And uh, man, losing some motors and having motor issues, man, it's 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 the worst thing ever, you know. I mean, I, I go to a racetrack and. You know, we, we know the, the amount of funding we have in our team. You know, we're not a powerhouse team that's going to win win races week in and week out. You know, uh, obviously when Daytona and Talladega are here, we feel like that we have a shot then. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, those things have happened to us this year. And, uh, you know, for somebody to walk up to you, hand you an award for finishing last most out of everybody – Man, that's that's a tough. You smile, you say thank you, you take a picture, but inside, man, you're so freaking mad you can't stand it. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> but anyway, you just got to find the humor in it. You know what I mean? It's again, it's out of my control. Uh, you know, if they walked up and gave you an award for you know you wrecked all these races and you finished last, well, I I could kind of you know accept that. You know what I mean? But as a driver, man, I, I want to win. I want to run good. And when you have mechanical failures, man, it just uh, it eats at me, man. It's tough to swallow, and I'll, I'm smiling a lot. I'm a happy guy, you know. But man, it's tough, dude. It's tough when you have mechanical pro problems and it knocks you out of a race. Uh, man, it's just hard to be happy, you know what I mean? So sometimes I got to go hide at the racetrack because I don't want people to see that that frustration in me. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm 
a matter in hell for a couple of hours, but, but, you know, you, um, you learn to get over it. And, uh, but man, you know, <laughs> I would have never thought I was going to get an award for anything. And when that guy walked out, that was nice of him. He was very respectful. I was respectful to him. Dominic was around, took a picture of it. You know what I mean? But they, that won't be a award I, that I will hang proudly at, at, on my, uh, in my trophy room. I can assure you of that. I want a copy of it, and I'll put it in uh, in my studio back here, you know, my home office, you know. Sure hey, Tyler, hey, man. Get that from me and Dominic love you a lot, dude. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> well, thank you. The feeling is mutual. Um, <laughs> David, uh, let's, let's move on to more positive notes. Uh, Kyle Larson, you have been, I think, as big a fan of Kyle Larson as there is of anybody I know, David. Um, I think the way in hearing the way you've talked about him and, you know, from everyone after that's responded to his championship, his competitors, he was competing for the title with Denny, Chase, Martin, you know, guys like Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, whatever, Tony Stewart saying that, you know, he's the most talented race car driver he's ever seen. And AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti with big praise for him and such too. The, the thing that I get from Kyle Larson, David, is, He's a racer's racer. You know, we, we hear the term a man's man. I think Kyle Larson's a racer's racer. I, I'm so amazed with the respect that he has around the garage and the way that it's just celebrated this championship. It feels like everybody wants seeing Kyle Larson take home this title. And, yes, he drove the car and he got the job done, but his team deserves a whole lot of credit for winning that race off pit road, getting their second fastest pit stop of the entire year on that last pit stop. What a, a finish, not only for Kyle, but a true team win there. Yeah. I, I really think, uh, you know, you, you just hearing you speak and all, all the superstars and legends that you just mentioned, uh, you know, you, you, when you see talent, raw talent, it's, it's right there in front of us, man. And we're watching something special, you know what I mean? And uh, you don't see that a lot, you know, uh, you see it week in and week out. And I think, I really think that Kyle Larson has done a lot for our, our, our sport of NASCAR racing. I think he's done a lot for auto racing in America and the world. And when I say that, uh, you know, I grew up racing dirt cars, you know, I'm, I'm a Saturday night, late model dirt racer, you know, and, uh, and you find a lot of passion, a lot of passion at local dirt tracks across this country, not local dirt tracks, lo local asphalt racetracks, the, the grassroots of our sport, you know, and when Cal Larson is not racing his cup car, you'll find him at a local dirt track somewhere, jumping in a midget, jumping in a late model wedge car, jumping in a sprint car and people can identify with that. You know what I mean? And I've have a lot, I have a lot of friends that are dirt racers and man, they're passionate. They're so passionate about dirt racing. They don't even focus on NASCAR and what Cal Larson has done for all the dirt racers across the country. He's a racer, man. Like you said, he's a racer. And most of these people that run these asphalt late model cars and, street stocks and dirt cars and sprint cars and midget. I mean, everybody can identify with Kyle Larson because they're racers. They're true hardcore racers. And that's what you have in Kyle Larson to hear you explain it. 
that's spot on, you know, and I really think, and I know because I have a lot of friends that really didn't pay much attention to NASCAR racing, but I can assure you when Hendrick Motorsports announced that Cal Larson was going to drive the number five car in the cup series for Hendrick Motorsports in 2021, we had a whole lot of new eyeballs from racers around the country pay attention to NASCAR racing again. And it was only because Cal Larson, they can identify with him because he is a dirt racer. He's a sprint car racer. He's a dirt late model racer. He's a midget racer. I mean, you got all these people across the country that do all that. And he's brought a lot of new eyes back to our sport, back to NASCAR. And you hit it right on the head, man. He's a racer's racer. And man, Y'all see him, Dominic sees him, you see him, Tyler, I see him. What they've done this year, winning 10 races and winning the championship. Uh, and and I'll, I'll echo Tony Stewart. We're watching greatness, man, greatness. I don't know what Mario Dre, Mario Adre, Mario said about him or A.J. Foyt said about him, but when you got guys like Mario Andretti and A.J. Foyt, two of the greatest race car drivers ever, uh, you know, that, that says a lot. And Tony Stewart, you put him right there up there with them. Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, this guy, this kid is something special. And look, we're not surprised by him winning the championship. Not, us guys aren't. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. But I think this is one of many, many, many mores to come. You know, he might be the next Jimmy Johnson to win seven, tie Richard Petty's record, Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s record. He might be the person to actually set the own record of having more than seven championships. But, man, this guy is one of the all-time best. Well, Dominic, what about the marriage uh, between Kyle Larson and Hendrick Motorsports here? I remember we asked David back in February, before the season began, asked him, you know, how long is this going to take for Kyle Larson to adapt of – being away from a cup car for half a season and then also going to a new team, new crew chief. And David, you said right away, it's not going to take him long at all. He's going to even be better than what he was previously Ganassi. And you were spot on exactly right about that. And to see that Cliff Daniels, who was a very young crew chief in his own right, to go to Hendrick and, and be with a team that, didn't know their sponsorship situation either. They were, you know, riding with the HendrickCars.com out of their own money and such. The way that all this came together so fast, credit to Kyle Larson, but credit to Hendrick Motorsports. This marriage was amazing how well it, it came together in, in such a, a quick and dominating fashion. One of the most dominating championship seasons we've ever seen. It happened so fast. I remember talking with Jeff Bodine for a radio interview last year and talking about, okay, he's signed with Hendrick Motorsports. How's, how's it going to be, Jeff? And Jeff told me, he goes, you mark my words, he's going to win out of the gate. He's going to be a championship contender. And boy, was he right. And I think all three of us, if I, we can all check the records back to the February shows, I think we all had Kyle Larson in our picks to make the playoffs and to win races. I said he'd win one or two races. I think he'd win 10. I mean, that's so impressive, too, in the modern era where you have 36 races you have a guy that goes out and wins 10 events. It's the first time a driver has won double-digit races in a season since Jimmy Johnson in 2007. And before that was Jeff Gordon in 1998 with 13 wins. 
Double-digit win seasons do not happen often in the NASCAR Cup Series, let alone with a first-year team like how Kyle Larson did with the five team. 25 years ago was the last time the five-car won a championship with Terry Labonte at the helm Hendrick Motorsports. And I heard a reporter say it, and it just it boggled my mind to hear when they were talking with Rick Hendrick in the media center on Sunday night after the championship. Hendrick Motorsports has won 14 NASCAR Cup Series championships. That is just insane. When you hear that number, 14 championships, there are drivers that don't even run 14 seasons in the NASCAR Cup Series, let alone 14 titles across Hendrick Motorsports tenure. We are seeing an amazing run. And I think when NASCAR and we look back on the history books and what's written about this era about motorsports, it, it's the beginning of the Kyle Larson show and the Kyle Larson dominance of the 2020s. And to add to that, before we go back to David here, look at what Hendrick is assembling right now. They have the greatest crew chief of all time as their competition director, Chad Canals. Jeff Gordon, one of the greatest drivers of all time and one of the smartest minds around the sport, is their vice chancellor. To go with the greatest owner in the history of this sport, Rick Hendrick, and that young driver lineup that has two champions and two guys that have already won and made the playoffs in Bowman and William Byron. David it's a special time for Hendrick Motorsports right now, and you could make a case they're really just getting back to form from what they were a few years ago. This wasn't this didn't happen overnight. Hendrick was on a bit of a downward spiral before Chase got that title last year. Man, you guys, I know y'all haven't been doing this that long, but uh, ever since 24 years ago when I came into NASCAR and I've been watching Hendrick Motorsports <laughs> – you, you, you knew that that was a powerhouse team, you know, with Rick Hendricks and his businesses and, and his automotive group and all the major sponsors they've had over the years and, and the, the talented people, crew chiefs, engineers, engine builders, Randy Dorton, all the people. I mean, man, it, it's, it's a nucleus, man. It's a, it's a powerhouse. And uh, ever since I've been involved in NASCAR racing, Hendricks has always been the powerhouse, you know, and, and like you said, it, it's, there's been some years where the, it, you know, the, the, it circulates and uh, Hendrick hadn't come out on top, but man, I don't know what the percentages is, but I'd love to have them because, and I love to be a part of it because man, they were always right there, you know, and uh, I mean, you got drivers like Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, you know, Terry Labonte, uh, Jeff Bodine, I mean, just on and on and on, man. It's just, uh, yeah, man, you take a race car driver, the best race car driver in the world at present time, and see what he does at the Chili Bowl, Chili Bowl, and see what he does in these midget cars and these sprint cars, no matter what part of the country he's in. I mean, to watch him drive those cars, it's amazing. It's, it's like a piece of art, you know, how he finesses and and he just dominates these ra these dirt races. And, man, you put him in a Hendrick Motorsports race car with all the technology, engineering, the best of the best. And like y'all were talking earlier, that's, 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 a, that's a recipe for championship, championship, championship. And, uh, man, I just, think, I just think we're just seeing the start of something that's going to be amazing years to come, you know, and uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to put into words, really. And uh, getting that 10th win, also winning the All-Star Race, breaking the record for most laps led, 
in a time where they're running shorter races than they've ever had before. Um, Kyle Larson getting this championship done, as much as we talk about Kyle, what Cliff Daniels did and that team, that five team put together, David, uh, tell me about that. Of, of Cliff Daniels, this guy is a rising star in this sport. I, I love what he's done in a short amount of time, really, you know, running that that team. You, you don't see that from second-year crew chiefs like that. Man, not at all, you know. And Cliff Daniels, man, wow. I mean, to give Kyle Larson the type of car that he gives Kyle Larson week in and week out, I mean, you know, you still got to drive that race car. You know, people say, well, Hendrick has all the money in the world and they have all the, you know, all the resources and all the technology and they have the best engines and, you know, and they have this and they have that, yada, 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 on and on and on. But, man, somebody's still got to drive the wheels off that race car. And somebody's got to take that race car and set it up and make sure that that baby will turn in the center. It's got good forward bite and enters the corner good. And, man, that crew chief, man, he, he unbelievable to step into what he stepped into and to be and, and to be a superstar uh, so quick. I mean, it's amazing. You know, to, I think it's two years, the second year, right, uh, Tyler? Yeah, he was – he came in about halfway through the year for Jimmy Johnson last year, and the 48 team immediately improved. Probably would have made the playoff had Jimmy Johnson not gotten COVID. Yeah, you know, and uh, so um, unbelievable, you know, but I'm not surprised. You look at the history at Hendrick Motorsports, Chad Canals, you know, you, you know, uh, Ray Evernham. You just look at the crew chiefs that have come there and have this spectacular – uh, career, you know, and uh, I mean, no difference from what we're seeing here, you know. So, yeah, amazing. I just think the people involved, the engineers, that that team, everybody that makes up that team, is an asset to that organization, man. And, and that marriage with all the different people, uh, uh, you know, what they have going on. I think Rick Hendricks has done a, just a tremendous job. Chad Canals. Uh, bringing bringing in those people, that core of people to come together. I mean, unbelievable, man. If I was Rick and and uh, you know and and uh, I'd, I'd be trying to keep those guys together for years to come, man, because it's it's very powerful. I think no matter well, what happens, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Okay, what, what I was going to say to Dominic here, you know, when we look at Kyle Larson winning this championship, what amazes me about this season. We threw all the numbers out there with how dominating he was, but this wasn't a boring season. This still came down to the very end. Martin Truex had a chance to pass Kyle Larson and take the title away from him. This wasn't a season that it felt like that the championship was over before it started. It still comes down to the very end. You know, we have, you know, more road courses than ever before. The Bristol Dirt Race, you know, all these different elements. This was, it amazes me, Dominic, that this season was so exciting, yet it was still clear that there was one dominant driver this year. It amazes me how well that it seems that, yes, you had Kyle Larson in that way, but it was still competitive all year round, beginning with that Daytona 500 with Michael McDowell. 
so much parity to begin the year. And we would talk on this podcast weekly. Hey, are we going to have 17 winners this year? Because Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, all these drivers, drivers just started rattling off wins. And there wasn't that clear-cut dominant guy in the beginning. But Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin shaping up the regular season battle that was. And then the run through the playoffs, the five wins that we saw from Kyle Larson in the championship run. Just in the playoffs itself. You're right, Tyler. I mean, Fox deemed this as the greatest season ever, right? That's how they were promoting this. David, did it live up to the greatest season ever? Man, if it, if, if it wasn't, it wasn't far away from the greatest season ever. You know, we, uh, obviously, there's been a lot of seasons way before our, our all of our time, you know what I mean? But, uh, but man, it kept, uh, it kept us guys, all of us, you know, on the edge of our seats and uh, – and man, we there was not a shortage of things to talk about on our podcast. I mean, it was just the the energy uh, at, at these racetracks across America, week in and week out, was amazing. The competition was amazing, and and uh, and and you know, like I'm just listening to y'all talk, and uh, such a team sport. You know, when they had that last caution Sunday, and uh, somebody said that. Uh, Kyle Larson was not leading the race. Uh, and he, when they, when the caution came out, they came to, it was, it was a team effort to put him back up near the front. You know, I think he came off pit road first, you know, so, uh, you know, but I, I would say, you know, if, if this wasn't the greatest season ever, it's gotta be in the top three because amazing, you know, and all the stories and everything. And, you know, let's not forget, you know, we'll talk about the Xfinity series and the truck series here in a minute, but man, just, uh, all three series, you know, I don't think, you know, Martin Truex Jr. was as dominant as we seen him as years past. But man, this guy had a shot at winning the championship in 2021. He was very strong at Phoenix. And even uh, even after Kyle Larson beat him off pit road uh, and they started to race, it looked like Truex had something for him. And right there at the end, coming to the last lap, the last corner, Truex was right there. So, man, it, it was exciting, man. NASCAR couldn't have scripted this any better. Yeah, let's uh, let's touch on that uh, truck and Xfinity championships uh, real quick. Uh, Dominic, Daniel Hemrick gets the Xfinity <laughs> title in his first career win, side-by-side finish with Austin Sendrick. Ben Rhodes won two races this year. He finds himself winning the truck title. Kind of recap it for us. And we'll get David's reaction here. Both of those pretty exciting down on the wire. Very exciting races. Friday night with the Truck Series race. Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith coming down with about eight laps to go. Zane Smith not in the leader's position. Second place, I believe. Ben Rhodes kind of moved him out of the way. But even Zane Smith said after, not sure if I just tightened up. And that just happened to play out the way it did. But Ben Rhodes did get around him. Like you said, he won the opening two races this year. Looked like he was going to go on a terror and just had a consistent run through the regular season and the playoffs. Ben Rose got his first championship in the truck series. And then in the Xfinity series, Daniel Hemrick, Austin Sindrick coming down there to the wire on an overtime restart. I mean, David, kind of looking from that perspective, I mean, I would have thought, just watching that on the Jumbotron outside last couple laps, I'm watching this thing unfold. And they go off out of turn two. And I'm thinking Hemrick's going to move him out of the way in turn three. And that was just as clean of a battle as you could have seen. And they're beating fenders coming out of turn four. And it's a photo finish. Couldn't have script that any better. Man, no doubt about it. Just listening to you talking about Ben Rose. I mean, you know, watching the final 20 laps of that truck race, Ben Rose, man, he, 
he had a strong truck and, uh, you know, he had a pretty good, uh, you know, he had a pretty good, uh, he had to make up some time. I think Zane Smith was, you know, to me, I, at one point I said, man, Zane Smith's going to win the championship in the truck series. But man, you look back and see that 99 truck, it was coming, man, it was coming. And, uh, man, when he got to Zane Smith, you know, they, they traded a little pain, but man, I don't think uh, Zane Smith was going to be able to hold off, uh, uh, I've been Rose, but it was unbelievable. It was, uh, it was exciting and, uh, it, it did not disappoint everybody that was in the audience and all the people watching on TV. And then you talk about the Xfinity series, Daniel Hemrick, you know, he didn't win a race all year long, but he was a strong competitor all year, obviously to put himself in the chase and to be there, uh, in the final four and on championship weekend here at Phoenix. And I don't even know if he led a lap on Saturday, but man, he led the most important lap. And I watched it after the fact I watched the race after the race was over with watch the last two laps. And man, you know, uh, Cindric looked like he was going to win the championship, win the race. And man, the Daniel Hemrick drove that thing down into turn three. I mean, he overdrove the corner and that baby stuck and he turned and got back to the gas. And man, they went to beating and banging on each other which is fair game. Nobody spun anybody out. And, man, he just barely notched him at the start-finish line. I mean, that was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. You know, I would have never thought that that race would have ended that way. And, and I mean, Dan, for Daniel Hemrick to win his first race ever in NASCAR and then win the championship, man, it, it just – it was a perfect night for them. But – Unbelievable. He only bred, he only led one lap. That was the most important one. <laughs> it was well, exciting, man. Pre-race, you and I, we were, we were doing some stand-ups and just kind of doing some media together. And we were going around the room picking our picks. You said Daniel Hamburg was going to win the championship. By golly, you were right. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I just thought he was so good for so long. You know what I mean? It's like, man, you know, you you uh, I don't know. I just thought, man, they've been, they've been super fast, a lot of speed in the car. And then, you know, top five every weekend and week out, you just thought, man, you know, today's going to be his day, you know, and, uh, man, it ended up being his day. So, uh, congratulations to them, man. I, I was just, uh, it, uh, that race and the championship for the NASCAR Xfinity side. Oh my God, man. That was amazing. You know, amazing. Now I got a question for you, David. Um, when you see Hembrick break through and get that win, the, the saying goes that the you know, first win is the toughest one. Do you think this is going to be a breakthrough for Daniel Hembrick? I know he's moving to a new team with Colleague Racing, and Colleague had their best year yet. Do you think he's going to now all of a sudden start winning more races in 2022? Hey, uh, Tyler, what's that magical word? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, what is the is yes? <laughs> now, yeah, that's that's part of it, but it's momentum, momentum, momentum. You know, I mean, this guy's on fire to win us the, the last race of the year, win the championship, all the confidence in the world. I mean, this guy's riding, you know, he he's on every cloud up there. He's he's man confidence, momentum, and to put him in a colleague bar next season, man, I, I think what you just talked about, I think we're going to see Daniel Hemrick win a lot more races now, man. I just think the momentum he has, the confidence he has and his ability and the racing team that he's going to, man, that's uh, 
that's a recipe for freaking a lot more wins to come, no doubt. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Before we get to our news and notes segment, just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fix any time, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Dominic, uh, there's a few things going on in the NASCAR world, and let's go ahead and find out what they are. Quite a bit going on in the NASCAR world. We always take a look at our top headlines here across the sport and all across all forms of motorsports. On Tuesday, November 9th, NASCAR announced the format for the LA Coliseum Bush Class Race. That's going to include so many drivers eligible and heat races, and ultimately 24 drivers are going to make the field in that race in February. But that race will kick off the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. Guys, that's just a little over 85 days away. So NASCAR season just around the corner. Yeah, isn't that crazy to think about? We're just 85 days away from it. We're going to see heat races then they're going to narrow down the field. And David, you know, traditionally this has been a race that's been a reward for the poll winners, but we didn't have qualifying for most of the last year. So everybody's going to be eligible. The only guy <laughs> locked into the main event is Kyle Larson. Well, rightfully so, but man, I, I can't wait to watch that race on TV, man. That's going to be exciting. I mean, I think that track's smaller than freaking Martinsville, you know. And uh, Evie, you're eligible. You need to run this well, thing, I, David. You never know. I might be there trying to make that that Saturday night feature, you know what I mean, in that Coliseum, you know. But uh, I don't know. I think NASCAR's done a good job. That's such a great market. I think it's the week before the Super Bowl and – Man, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs uh, on that race. And I'm excited for our sport, you know, because uh, going to the L.A. Coliseum for the first time ever, racing in the L.A. Coliseum, I mean, with all our superstars and stars of our sport, uh, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm, I'm excited about that race. Uh, I'm excited about 2022. Uh, our sport has a lot of momentum. And I'm looking forward to watching that race on television and maybe even trying to make the race, you know what I mean? But, uh, man, the format they come out with, it's uh, going to put the fans on the edge of their seats if you're in that Coliseum that day. Yeah, uh, Dominic, uh, you excited about this? Uh, I love that we finally get something real and authentic of the bye week of the Super Bowl. I don't care about the dang Pro Bowl. Now we got a great race in the same city as the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And the historic events that have taken place there at the L.A. Coliseum and NASCAR is going to get to etch their name in that storied book. I look forward to it. I'm always for new events, new things, and trying new things. This is something NASCAR is trying out of the box. I look forward to it. And speaking of some other headlines kind of going on around the sport this weekend, about racetracks, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated has announced that they are acquiring Dover Motorsports. They are the company that holds Dover Motor, Dover International Speedway, the Dover Downs, the Nashville Super Speedway, and Speedway Motorsports owns tracks like Las Vegas, Sonoma, Texas, Bristol, Kentucky, and so forth. They are acquiring the deal for over $131 million, and that was announced on Monday, November 8th. Now, explain to me this, Dominic. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people at home are intrigued about one particular thing in this is that Dover Motorsports is a publicly traded company. It's not a private company like SMI. So what does this mean for people that own stock in Dover Motorsports now? I've done a little bit of looking into that as well. So the way I understand, right, Speedway Motorsports will be paying out $3.61 a share to the people who are shareholders of Dover Motorsports, which, okay, 
on the surface, that does not sound like a lot of money. But with Dover Motorsports trading for about $2 a share to about $2.50 a share in the last calendar year, more or less, and I'm, I'm ballparking the numbers, you're going to get a really nice payday here. And I, and I did some looking, too. So if people were shareholders or they have owned share in Dover Motorsports, when do you get this payout? When are, you, when are your shares going to get paid out to you? Nothing is really set in stone at the time of this podcast coming out, at least from the information I could siphon through. So I believe as of today, you could still buy stock in in, uh, Dover Motorsports. Correct. As of the week of November 8th, you could still buy stock. But again, there's no finalized date on when this is going to actually happen. But I did see that the stock was trading for about $3.60. Again, the price at what Speedway Motorsports said they were going to pay per share for the Dover Motorsports stock. I love that we can talk stocks on the show. Um, David, the big picture here, uh, SMI taking over these tracks provides more flexibility when it comes to that NASCAR schedule in the future here. If you're a fan of Dover and Nashville Super Speedway, though, uh, might be a little nervous right now, I would think. What's the stock symbol? <laughs> BDG, David. Uh, there we go. <laughs> hey, man, you know uh, – you're talking about three great racetracks, you know, and the SM, you know, the, the Bruton Smith family, Marcus Smith, and all the people that work at the, their racetracks across the country. Uh, man, I, I just see nothing but uh, making them bigger and better. You know what I mean? They're already awesome. And, uh, but if you watch, you look at these SMI tracks across the country, they're pretty over the top, pretty spectacular, something special. And uh, those three tracks that they're acquiring, I, uh, I just think there's big things in the horizon for those big, those three racetracks, but they're all three of them are great, great racetracks. I love racing at every one of them. The, uh, the thing to me, Dom, that, that I find interesting is that if NASCAR was going to race at the fairgrounds, it was hard to imagine them racing at Nashville super speedway as well. I would think that, uh, something's got to give between those two if the fairgrounds are ever going to come into the fold, right? Potentially, I think so. And it, my mind kind of went to, maybe you guys thought about this too, is when SMI had acquired Rockingham and Rockingham <laughs> ultimately got shafted off the schedule in 2004. Could that happen with Dover? Could that happen with Nashville? Could something else happen? Who knows? But I think those are the questions that I was having and maybe on the more smaller end of it too, are these tracks going to be rebranded with the Motor Speedway? Thing like how New Hampshire International Speedway became New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Is it going to be Dover Motor Speedway, Nashville Motor? Again, the small details, but those are where mine was going, or my mind was going earlier this week when this news was announced. Yeah, especially considering Nashville isn't technically a super speedway by definition either. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone would mind that having a little rebrand of sorts. Um, anything else uh, we need to cover, Dom? Yeah, our last headline here. So Judgment Day, I guess, kind of been pushed back and pushed back. But the sentencing for Jeff Karpoff, you may remember, is the D.C. Solar CEO and owner of the company, got sentenced earlier today or earlier this week, I should say, November 9th, in a Eastern California courtroom. Jeff Karpoff and D.C. Solar, prosecutors say the scam may be of the largest in the history of the United States Attorney's Office in Sacramento. Over 150 exotic sport cars and antique vehicles were auctioned off the FBI and the judge came down and said you were selling air and to kind of just go back and recall DC solar DC solar was a part of the sport in the late 2010s and this company was involved with Chip Ganassi Racing and the Xfinity Series you may recall it Ross Chastain was slated to go full-time with this team in 2019 and the sponsorship evaporated overnight and David I want to get your take on this right because we always hear about sponsors coming and going in the sport 
But when you have a big sponsor like this, fronting a lot of money, I mean, we know how important sponsorship is in this sport, but how big is this when a company like this overnight leaves the sport? How many people does this affect and what kind of ripple effect does this send through the sport? I mean, you know, I'm just listening. I'm, 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 this is the first I'm hearing about all this. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we, we talked about it years ago when, when DC Cellular, what, uh, what was the name? DC? Uh, DC Solar. DC Solar. DC Solar, yeah. I mean, they were they had a big presence in NASCAR. When they came in, man, it was, uh, it was amazing. I'm like, man, that company must be doing really, really, really good because they were just involving – sponsoring racetracks, sponsoring cars, Cup Series cars, Xfinity cars. But, you know, uh, just sad, uh, you know, when the news broke that it was some type of scam. Uh, I I felt bad with Ross Chastain. I felt like the the rug was yanked out from underneath him, a a driver that's well-deserved what was coming to him. Uh, And it came to a screeching halt at the time. Uh, but man, I, I, uh, it just, it's sad, you know, it's sad to see this types of, uh, corruption happens. I mean, it happens a lot. You don't see it in our sport, but it has happened. This is not the first company that's come into our sport with a, with a splash or a bang. And then, uh, and then you figure, you, you hear later on, it was some type of scam where they were scamming people or whatever, but, uh, but it has a ripple effect. It, it, it affects people's lives, you know, livelihoods, these, these racing teams that, that count on, you know, our whole industry is uh, ran on sponsorship and, uh, you know, these, these racing teams and the employees and, you know, everybody's got families and kids and bills to pay. And, uh, Man, it, it had a it had a big ripple effect at the time in our sport, and I remember some of my friends losing their jobs, at, you know, uh, at Chip Ganassi Racing, and, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, but man, it's just a, a horrible thing to happen. And uh, man, you you see this stuff, and it's very intriguing. You have a lot of questions about it. You don't understand it, you know, and uh, you know. Hopefully, you, you can learn from it. The sport learns from it. The racing teams learn from it. We won't see that much of this types of things happen in the future, right. you know. But unfortunately, it does, you know. So, uh, but anyway, it's uh, ever since then, it's it's uh, you know, I actually forgot about that time and that company and what was going on until you just mentioned it. Well, to and just to mention, just to kind of wrap it all together what came out of and this is all according to the Sacramento B and their reporting from earlier in the week that Jeff has to report for prison in January. He has a 30 year sentence and he is ordered to pay back more than $790 million. That's nearly a billion dollars in restitution dollar. Wow. And you know what, what it reminds me of David, something that's not too far from you down the road. Remember several years ago, the, the scandal that happened with Enron and Enron was the title sponsor of the Astros' brand-new stadium. And people are still – it's been almost 20 years now. People are still talking about Enron. And, you know, sponsors don't have as big of an effect on stick-and-ball sports as they do on NASCAR. But that was a stain on the Astros for a long time. This is what it kind of reminds me of, David. Man, I, the Enron deal, being from Houston, Texas, I mean, it – uh I mean, I, 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 my, my dad, we had a, a star automotive and transmission service. Some of our customers worked for Enron and were going to retire and, and had their retirements. You know, they were never going to have to work again. And, 
And man, all that got wiped out, you know, and I remember reading about it, sending it on the news and obviously us having customers that work for Enron, man, it was just a, a sad time that a company would do that to people. You know, you got people that are retiring in their late sixties or middle sixties, thinking that they're going to be able to retire forever and, and kind of travel the world and, you know, enjoy retirement. And then next thing you knew that that wasn't the case, they needed to go find another job to be able to pay their bills, you know? And uh, I don't know, I mean, you hear about this kind of stuff and uh, golly, man, nobody deserves, no, nobody deserves to be a part of something they don't have any control of, you know, all those great employees and families that counted on the, you know, uh, uh, making a living there. And, and, you know, it's just the whole thing's sad. It just saddens me to kind of rehash some of that, some of the stuff we're talking about, you know, and uh, it was such a great, cool weekend of racing and, uh, uh, you know, and then we were sitting here talking about something that's real. It's real. It, it happens. It's life. You know what I mean? But it's just sad that a, a company would take advantage of, of people and, and, and change people's lives for the, for the, for the worse, you know what I mean? It's just hard to comprehend it. I wasn't expecting to talk stocks and Enron today, but <laughs> we've had a full show today here on uh, let's go racing. We'll get to our ask David segment in one moment. Before we do stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 PM to 11 AM. Proud to serve hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Let's go ahead and get to our ask David segment and you can, Submit questions to us on Facebook at David Star Podcast, email davidstarpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Star Podcast. Our first question comes from Steve. Uh, Steve wants to know, David, with your boys starting to get into dirt racing, uh, when are we going to see David back behind a dirt car returning to his roots? <laughs> man, you know, I, I uh, man, I'm a, you know, we're talking about Kyle. I'm a racer racer. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping anything and race it, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, the NASCAR schedule and, and our sponsor commitments and trying to have enough sponsorship money to, to move forward and try to enhance your team. Uh, you know, it takes a quite a, a lot of my time and with our racing and everything going with our, with uh, our team, Texas high performance driving school, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time. I, I've really been as a dad uh, uh, trying to get Vancey uh, as much seat time. He's got a little uh, sprint car, dirt car now, you know, for for eight year old kid, and uh, he's dying to race, you know. Uh, and I've been so busy, but uh, but man, I, I can assure you, uh, if somebody called me up right now and said, "Hey," uh, Come to the local dirt track here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I'd be there in an hour. I can assure you of that, you know. But uh, but uh, but man, that that heart, that passion, that burning desire to race it still burns hot in me. Uh, uh, we're gonna continue to race in NASCAR, and man, if I can jump in a dirt late model uh, and go run some races somewhere part around the country, man, you, you can assure you that I'm gonna jump, uh, go take up, take the opportunity, you know. But it makes it even harder when your when your sons start racing, you know what I mean? And uh, 
you got to uh, put some of that stuff off to the side and, 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 and start supporting your kids. You know what I mean? That's why we do what we do and we work and, you know, you guys understand it. You know, what we do, it's, uh, you know, people say, Oh, it's awesome. You know, you're on television every week, but they have no idea of the challenges and how, how tough it is to, to compete at this level, to work at this level in this sport. It's not easy, but I, uh, Man, I, I love it. I'm going to continue to race, and uh, but I'm definitely uh, going to spend a lot more time with my youngest boy, Vance Starr, getting him going because, man, he's so passionate about it and loves it. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, hey, man, you guys, y'all know y'all don't have no kids, but when you do and they come to you and say, man, Daddy, I want to be a journalist or, you know, I want to do what you guys do. I mean, you, you, you're you so proud of that that, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I'm so proud that my boys want to race. They want to race big time. And, uh, man, I'm going to support them and be behind them 110%. Absolutely, David. And just to follow up on all that, too, I remember on this show back in May when we had our Champions Month, David Rudiman had given you that open invitation to go race one of his cars. Any follow-up on that? Well, man, I had, I had followed up on it, but I got Rudiman's number, you know, man, I – Rudim is a good, good friend of mine, and, uh, you know, we found ourselves down in Florida for speed weeks. You know, I get there a little early, and I got that itch. You know, I, I need to call Rudiman up and say, hey, you got a car I can jump in, you know. But, man, we just uh, – man, we're just – we're racers, man. We want to race all the time. We don't care what it is, you know. And uh, I just uh, – I'm so passionate about it. Still am as much as ever. And, uh, but man, I would love to jump in a dirt late model or dump a dirt modified again and go run a race somewhere, you know, and I got people telling me, Hey man, you want to, you know, uh, you want to come run our car somewhere, you know? And I'm like, man, I'd love to, you know? And they said, man, well, because we got two cars, we want to whip your, we want to whip your ass on the dirt track. <laughs> you know, I mean, they take pride whipping up on us NASCAR drivers when we step into what these guys do week in and week out, you know, but man, I'm, I'm a racer at heart and uh, i'm gonna take advantage of every opportunity that comes my way in the future that's for sure oh it, it, the race never stops you know I'll, I'll be in the car with david we're driving on the highway and he's got <laughs> some momentum going and, and you know he'll say over to me or dominic be like man i'm hauling ass <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it just never stops with david so yeah I, I would love to see you on a dirt or something hauling ass you I know having a Man, we, I remember, uh, you know, when I, when my, my first son was born, you know, and my team, they, they called and sent flowers to my wife, you know, they were, they were concerned, you know, they say, Hey man, most, most drivers, they start having kids, you know, start slowing down some. And I assured them that it's going to speed me up. You know what I mean? And, and they didn't really know that. And then after about five or six months, a year later, they said, yeah, well, you were right, man. It didn't slow you down any. <laughs> You know, I just, uh, man, we're, we, you guys are passionate. I'm passionate. We love what we do. We're going to keep doing it as well. We're going to keep hauling ass. Damn straight. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> Another question. This one's from Francis. David, what's the best advice he can you can give somebody struggling to find sponsors on a regional or a national level? You know, <clears throat> God, you know, it's, it's, um, I can assure you, I, you know, next podcast, next podcast, I'm going to talk a lot about our sponsors, you know, because man, I, I pinch myself every day to have a company like Whataburger, a place I grew up as a kid eating and, 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 a, and a company of so big and 
to be able to represent them home and off the racetrack and all the other sponsors we have, man, I, I am so blessed, so blessed. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy process, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I really think company sponsors, they want to get involved with people that are driven people, people that have goals and dreams and desires and passionate. If you got passion, uh, you have dreams, you have goals, uh, that energy you have, uh, they'll feel it. You know what I mean? And, uh, there's a lot of companies out there, man, if you're a, a true hardcore racer, you need sponsors and you love what you do, you're passionate in what you do, man. I hope every racer in the United States that needs a sponsor will get a sponsor, you know, but I think these companies, everybody's important and, and, and all the racers, all the racers I grew up racing with and all the racers you guys know and all mm -hmm. the racers that I know, including myself, we all got to have sponsors, man. And thank God there's companies out there willing to put their names on our race cars so we can do what we love to do. But I, I think the biggest advice, just be very passionate, uh, be yourself. Uh, companies like people with good morals. Uh, they like people that are passionate and hardworking. And, uh, you know, and I think if you just be true to yourself, uh, eventually you're going to get you a good sponsor yeah i mean uh dominic you, you and i you know we, we we don't work a whole lot with sponsors directly but i can tell you just from communicating with people walking through everyday life and i'm sure you can attest to this too people are attracted to motivated people and you know one of the things i look at with my career you know where i'm at right now and where i'm going is that i've had so many people helped me along the way that I didn't even ask for that wanted to say, what can I do to help you? Or, Hey, I know this person or can do this for you and see, you know, driven, motivated people want to be a part of that. And I think that it's not being fake. It's showing that you really care. People, people tend off, you know, feed off that energy and they want to be involved. That's not just a, a sponsor lesson. That's just a life lesson, Dominic. I agree with that, Tyler. I mean, I've told you and I've told David and, and I'm sharing this for the first time with a lot of people, but I think, look, don't they say it's better to have four quarters and hundred pennies, right? I mean, and that's kind of what my friend circles are the people I associate with. And, and I feel really honored and proud to the, the people that I know and the people that I've gotten the chance to know over the years, right? Family and friends and, and, and the whole nine yards. I'm surrounded by very driven people, people that know what they want. They know what they're chasing after. And that energy just feeds off. And, and I, I'm more motivated to, to do that and to, to just aspire to do better. I, I look like think every night before I go to bed, what did I do today to be productive? What did I do to try and work towards my goals? And I, and I feel like being around like-minded people like that, my family, my friends, only just fuels that even more. And I've always heard too, when, when you have a goal, you tell people your goal. So that way you have more people holding you accountable. And that's something I've really tried to live by in the last calendar year. Oh, yeah. I mean, like for me personally, and David, I, I bet you'll appreciate this. I feel like every single day I owe it to the people that have invested in me to give 100% my best effort in everything I do because of what they've done for me. I owe it to them to go as far as I can and reach all my goals because of what they did to help me out. I owe it to them to make them proud and do give it my all in everything I do. Well, I miss knowing you guys. You guys have done a, you know, I've done a great job, man. And, and, and that's why you're where you're at. Um, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, 
you know, if you're passionate and you have dreams and you're a driven person, people want to line up behind that energy. They love that. People love helping people, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think about some friends of mine that were race car drivers and wanted to be big time race car drivers and they didn't really have good positive energy. And when I say that, uh, you know, it was all about them and, you know, they were going to do this, they were going to do that. And, you know, and sometimes their morals, they wasn't the best, you know, they, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, people, you know, people want to help good hearted driven people that are passionate you know and like you said Tyler you hit it right on the you hit it right on the on the on the nail's head uh you know that's just in life in general you know what I mean and and, uh, I think us our our racing family and what we do you know if you if you turn it into life it's just life man we get we you know we have great attitudes uh we try our best are we successful all the time we're not but you know and uh you know, we kick, kick down, but, you know, we, we, we pull our jeans back up and we go back after it. You know what I mean? We learn from our mistakes and we're just real people that, that are passionate and people love that. You know what I mean? But I think attitude, passion and desire, well, we, we got a lot of desire, us guys, you know, and uh, people want to line up behind that. You know what I mean? So, you know, when I hear racers trying to get sponsors locally, nationally, you know, I, I I said, hey, man, just be yourself. Show that passion. Show that desire. Let people know what you want to do. And, man, you, you, you'll you be surprised how many people want to line up behind you and help you be successful, whether that's in racing or in life or whatever. It's there, man. Take advantage of it. Man, yeah. And that's a great way to wrap up today's show. We've had a great discussion today on all fronts on uh, when it comes to life and racing and all that. This has been, I think, one of our more – entertaining and passionate shows we've had here on let's go racing been a pleasure to be with you guys today as always make sure to subscribe to let's go racing with david Starr. new episodes out each and every wednesday at apple spotify google Podcasts, youtube as well hit that like button we'll be doing shows throughout the off season we're not going anywhere uh still plenty to talk about as we're only 85 days away from the clash so we'll <laughs> count down the days and Get ready for that coming up here pretty soon. Before we go, David, uh, let's start with you. What's uh, what's going on? Your first official week of the off season, but it's certainly not slowing down. What do you got going on this week? And I was at the Texas Motor Speedway all day, moving our racing school race cars back to our Team Texas race shop. And man, I uh, it's been a hundred miles an hour ever since uh, we touched down here at DFW Airport. Uh, but uh, but man. I want to congratulate you guys, uh, man, it's NASCAR 2021 NASCAR racing season. I mean, what a big success. Our podcast, just our, our racing, everything we did and everybody did. Damn, what a man. I'm, I'm honored and proud to work in such an awesome sport and to work with two awesome guys. Like you said, Tyler, we're going to continue it. And uh, we're going to bring behind the scenes to our fans the people that follow us. And, uh, man, uh, Un- unbelievable season, man. It's cool. I look forward to 2022 and uh, I look forward to celebrating the holidays with my families. But uh, I hope everybody rest assured that all three of us are going to be working hard on our podcast and what we do to continue to go forward. But man, it's been, it's been an honor to work with you guys. Yeah, it certainly has. Dominic, uh, what's going on with you this week, man? 
Yeah, so I echo those comments, man. A lot of fun working with you guys. A whole year doing this under our belts. So much fun. Looking forward to spending the weekend with my girlfriend and spending time with the family as well. My mom and dad are celebrating their 28th wedding anniversary on November 13th. So shout out mom. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. So yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm really looking forward to that. Get to hang out with my brother. So a lot of cool family stuff (laughs) and, and things like, right. We have professional fun. We have personal fun. I'm looking forward to a lot of personal fun this weekend. Hey, you know, that milestone, you, you don't just call mom and dad. we got to shout, shout out, you know, Yvonne and, and Marty Aragon, you know, for that accomplishment. You know, they – Absolutely. 28 years, that's a lot. And especially having to put up with you, you know, that says <laughs> Oh, I know. No, it, they always joke, like, you're lucky you had a brother, Dominic, because you were really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, Tyler, how about yourself, man? What's going on this week for you, buddy? Man, uh, I got so much going on. Uh, new Jones report coming out on Thursday, and uh, you know, just working hard. You know, throughout the week with um, you know my TV program with local news live here, we're certainly uh, doing a lot going on. And uh, you know, uh, this month for me is uh, certainly one that one, a passionate one month for me is it's Native American Heritage Month. So I'm awesome. doing some interviews with uh, with people that are making an impact in their Native communities. Just did one uh, for TV with uh, Dr. Nikki Bean from the University of Oklahoma. She uh, works with uh, the overseas diversity and inclusion and equity in the Oklahoma Athletic Department. She's only one of two assistant ADs in America that are Native American. So you know, as someone that's Native American like myself, who's Choctaw, I love to tell these stories. And so I'm going to be working on that as kind of a passion project through my job over this next month. So uh, there's a little inside baseball there. Unbelievable, but. man. You, you guys are busy, dude. That's that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. We got to go. We got to put the checkered flag out on this episode. We'll see you next week. Got some great guests lined up for the next couple of weeks as well. We'll announce those when uh, we'll – when we're ready to do so, follow us on uh, Facebook at David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, email David Star Podcast at gmail.com. For David Starr, Dominic Argon, I'm Thongler Jones. Thanks so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.